Welcome back to Financial Therapy. It's not just about the money. I'm personal financial planner, columnist, and financial therapist, Rick Kaler. Research tells us that 90% of all financial decisions are made emotionally, not logically. For nearly four decades, I've been helping people make better money decisions. So what makes my financial worldview different from most financial experts? I blend the nuts and bolts of financial advice with the emotions that drive making them. Good money decisions are not just about the money. So let's get started with today's episode. Welcome back to another edition. I want to talk about money scripts that we have as it relates to insurance. And there are a lot of money scripts around insurance. You probably can start thinking a few of your own. And I want to to relate this to maybe a type of insurance you haven't thought of. I mean, most of us have renter's insurance, home insurance, car insurance, health insurance, uh, life insurance, disability insurance, maybe not so many. But a type of insurance that most of us don't think about, especially when we're younger, is travel insurance. I mean, not everybody travels. Not everybody travels outside of the United States, but as our affluence as a society is growing, international travels becoming more of a thing. So the money scripts I going to explore with this, I think, are ubiquitous to all types of insurance, but I want to apply it. Travel insurance, because my travel this year has been a disaster. Of course, I didn't travel during the pandemic. I probably canceled 10, I would say, international trips. I travel internationally both for pleasure and for work, and the work is typically more training than it is anything else. I did all of my IFS training, or a lot of it in uh, in Europe, just other workshops I've taken in Europe. So kind of um, scratches to itches for me, which is my love of learning and my love of travel and experiencing new places, new cultures. So travel insurance is something Oh man, I don't know when I started purchasing this, but certainly when I had kids and we did travel a lot internationally with my children. Um, And it's just been a staple. Uh, I've used mine three times this year. Once in London, when I, in January, when I went to London, once in February, when I didn't go to Puerto Rico and once in May, when I went on a river cruise and uh, from the uh, Danube Delta to Vienna. And (laughs) things didn't go well in London. Uh, And I, most of you that know me know I'm a pretty big masker. I masked for three years, didn't even get a cold. Went to London, masked, except to eat in restaurants. And got hit halfway through that trip with uh, bacterial pneumonia and required uh, medical assistance while I was in London. And then because of the pneumonia, I wasn't able to go take a training, an IFS training in February, and I had made a non-refundable deposit. And then we went on this first vacation in three and a half years in the Balkans, and halfway into it, I contracted COVID, which required some medical attention. 
So let me tell you, it's not a lot of fun traveling back to the U.S. with 100 plus temperature. But it's even less fun not having medical coverage. There's a lot of money scripts that can pop up around any type of insurance. And when you think about travel insurance, the chances are that you're not going to use your travel insurance. And a money script can pop in, well, why in the world should I pay for this? Because the chances of using it are very slim. That's a very, can be a very logical money script. And if you think about it, the whole reason we buy insurance is to insure against something that probably won't happen. I carry insurance on my house. It's incredibly expensive these days. But if my house burnt down, if I had a huge liability claim filed against me because of something that happened on my property, the costs would be uh, huge. And so the whole idea of insurance is a whole bunch of people get together, <coughs> throw money into a pot to cover a really catastrophic event and hope it isn't them. And yes, you lose your money. So we can have money scripts about insurance companies, how evil they are, that they rip us off. I don't know all the money scripts a person could have. Um, and insurance companies are in the business of providing insurance because they're also in the, the business of making a profit. Now, we could get into a discussion about insurance companies attempting not to pay their claims, the legitimate claims. And that can be an issue because it's more profitable, obviously, if they don't pay a claim. But I'm going to take the assumption in this particular um, podcast that we have a very um, ethical insurance company that will pay their claims. And I, by and large, I have found this with the travel insurance companies that I've used. I can't remember a time where I had a legitimate claim and it wasn't paid. So I think the number one reason for buying travel insurance, at least what I've, I've used it more for, are medical claims. Now, the, the trip and eruption and, and cancellation is important. For example, when I didn't go to this workshop and I put down, I paid for the twi tuition, was clearly non-refundable. That was a cancellation because of medical reasons, because I was sick, which is typically the reason you'd use trip interruption or cancellation. And, and that was paid. The other two were, were purely medical. And it's important to carry medical insurance when we travel abroad because U.S. health insurance and Medicare almost never cover medical expenses when out of the country. So some of you could say, okay, but Rick, the number one most visited area, region in the world by Americans is Europe. I mean, Mexico is highly visited, Canada is highly visited, but when we talk about traveling overseas, uh, Europe would be the number one destination. And doesn't Europe have free medical care? Yes, and I have had incidences where I've needed 
medical care from a hospital in Europe, and it was free. Uh, but I've also had instances when I, when I needed medical care, and they wanted cash up front before the doctor saw you. So you never know where you're going to be or what the claim is going to be, and especially if you're so sick that you really can't leave your hotel room to go to a clinic or go to see a doctor, uh, which definitely happened to me this year, then they'll come to you. And the cost is going to be pretty significant, $500, $600. And they typically want that in cash. So that's, um, that's a real reason to take a look at money scripts and getting insurance. Now, if, if a person doesn't have medical insurance and you become sick, overseas, or if you even become sick before you leave, think about the, the way that you may emotionally approach something if you have insurance and if you don't have insurance. So, for example, I mean, I have money scripts, especially on a huge deposit. We had a huge deposit put on a trip to the Antarctica. And we were in the, the period where you could not get your money back. Now, fortunately, we had made this reservation uh, during COVID and they did guarantee like a cancel for any reason they would give you a voucher. Now, imagine you've put down 10, 15, 20, $30,000 on a trip that's non-deposit, that's non-refundable. And you have some type of a circumstance that comes up and I'm, I'm going to talk more about maybe a circumstance that isn't clear you can't go. <clears throat> like you, you end up in the intensive care or you just can't go. Imagine if you get the flu and you're pretty sick, but you have no insurance. I'm going to think, I know this is true for me, there is going to be a money script pop up that you can't stay home. You have paid for this. Look at the loss that you're going to incur. And I'll tell you what, that influences me like I got to go. Maybe something's happening at your work. Maybe something's happening with a parent that uh, where if you had the insurance, not going would be covered. But if you don't, you're going to lose everything that you put down. This can really cause some difficult emotions and it can cause us to make a decision that may really hurt us. Um, probably, well, hurt us both financially and emotionally because we put that money down. I paid for this. The pain of losing it is too great. <clears throat> now, I've started buying something called cancel for any reason which means typically you get back 75% of what you've put down. It costs more, um, but at least you get 75% plus the extra premium back. Without that, if I have an issue going, say with one of my kids, maybe it's, a, it's not necessary that they're dying and would be potentially covered by a policy, but 
just uh, maybe a mental health issue or if I have an issue with my business that wouldn't be covered. Um, I'm going to tend to look at going, which may not be best for my child or my business, but because my money scripts are so strong that I can't lose that money. I've paid for this trip. If we've got the insurance, it can really go a long way to helping us relax, relax around those money scripts. We're still going to lose money, but we're not going to lose as much. And perhaps it helps us make the best decision. So I, I think this is a big, big emotional reason for buying the insurance and especially the trip insurance is that it can help relax those money scripts. And this is especially true for a money vigilant. Okay. And I, my money scripts fall into the category of money vigilance where you don't spend money. Losing money is anathema. You know, all of these very rigid money scripts. It may not be as much of a problem for someone who is money avoidant and doesn't like money in the first place where money doesn't mean anything to them and it's not even going to influence them to, to lose the money or not move, move the needle. So this isn't ubiquitous to everybody, but it is something to think about. It does give you some more options. Yes, it adds to the cost of a trip. No question about that. And if you don't have insurance, it's a decision to self-insure, right? You could uh, do the math and say, well, if I'm paying X amount um, per trip and I don't have to use the insurance on 10 trips, maybe there's enough there to where I could not go. And actually, I've already saved enough money to pay for not going. But that's a little risky because <clears throat> like I said, typically, the big thing you want to insure for is a catastrophic medical event of which you have no insurance <clears throat> when you travel. Um, <clears throat> so there, there's some other things. There's just some tips. If you travel and you do get sick, uh, we might have some scripts that say, well, you, you go to a doctor if you're in the U.S. When you're in Europe, you can go to a pharmacy. European pharmacies are way different and they can prescribe medicines. They can prescribe medicines in the U.S., need a prescription. They don't need a prescription for. They're kind of the, the first defense. They're kind of somewhat the urgent care um, in the U.S. If you need a doctor, like I said, sometimes you can go to a medical clinic and there's no charge. Uh, but other times you need that doctor to come to you. Um, it also can be problematic in that sometimes the medical services aren't available. For example, in London, when I got sick, I did go to a doctor. He did diagnose the pneumonia correctly, uh, but he's like, well, I'd love to take a chest x-ray of you and I, I would uh, possibly, I may want to hospitalize you, but... I was in the UK. Unfortunately, you can't get in to get a chest x-ray this side of two days. And you certainly can't get a hospital room for four days. All of this can influence, wow, I really need to get home. 
and I need to cut my trip short and go home. Well, again, if you don't have the insurance, all of that's out of pocket. And the cost of air travel, and again, what you're losing in deposits, if you've paid for the hotel room and, and maybe play tickets, etc., could influence you emotionally. I can't lose that money. I'll hang on here. Um, well, that is what I did, even though I had insurance. For me, it was... I didn't, oh man, if I go home early, I'm going to have to file insurance and interrupt the trip. You know, I can hold on for a few days and, and go home. That cost me time in getting the right medication that I really needed and extended this. I had, I had this for two months. So there was a money script that got in the way, even though I had the insurance. Um... So these are just all you know, things to think about. And I've just only covered medical, right? Travel insurance cover losing your luggage. Extensive travel delays where they'll pay you when, you, when you're delayed for essentials. Um, of course, if you, you got to cancel a trip or you, you've got to go home, all of these things can be covered by insurance. Um, now one thing, like anything, like any insurance, we can have a money script that they're all the same. We can have a money script that when it comes to travel insurance, let me buy it from the cruise ship in some cases or the airline and let's make it simple. And sometimes that convenience factor can come back to bite us emotionally. You know, all sorts of reasons around that. I don't want to take the time. What does it mean to take the time? It's This is too confusing to buy. But it can pay big dollars, quite frankly, to shop it. The insurance you buy on a flight insurance is woefully limited. It can only cover the flight, and sometimes it doesn't even do a good job for that. I, I quite frankly, never buy flight insurance from the airlines. The same goes for buying travel insurance, say, from a cruise line. Typically, it's more expensive and doesn't cover as much as if you look independently. So it pays to do some research. Um, and we can have money scripts against doing that. I just don't want to do that or I don't think I can do that. Or it's too much of a hassle, whatever it is. What's under those money scripts that would prevent me from doing some shopping for the, the insurance? Um, I recently read a U.S. News and World Report, and it found that the best company for medical insurance is Seven Corners, and for a single trip is Allianz. So you could go to those two companies, and that's just who I use. Again, it's like anything. Uh, it's like banks. Sometimes banks like a certain type of loan or a certain type of customer, and then they'll They'll change and say, we've got too much of these loans or we have too much of this type of customer. I haven't found any one company to consistently be the best uh, selection. So I have used a service called Square Mouth, like Square, Four Corners, and Mouth.com and InsureMyTrip.com. And you can go in there and select amongst, I don't know, 30 or 40 policies and you can compare them all. 
and it does take some focus, um, but you can learn to use the filters and usually you can get down to uh, purchasing a policy that really works for you. For example, I typically don't want a company that has secondary insurance, which means if you've got any other place to make the claim, you got to make the claim there before relying on this insurance. So for example, a lot of travel cards, credit cards, cover some types of travel, cover maybe some baggage delay, or they're going to require that you exhaust that coverage first before you turn in a claim to them. Well, now, I do have a money script that says I'd like to keep some things simple. I prefer to look for policies that have primary insurance, especially when it comes to medical and it comes to evacuation. But I don't don't check bags. I stopped checking bags 20 years ago, my wife and I did. I mean, we this trip we took on that, that I got COVID on was an 18-day trip, and we didn't check bags for that. We have learned how to travel extremely lightly. So baggage, coverage for baggage is meaningless to me. So I don't care about that, but I care more about other things. So you can customize what you're looking for, and that can help you with the cost. You can, like anything, paying a lot of money doesn't mean you're going to get better coverage. So this is definitely a money vigilant skill. And for some of you, it's like, oh, I don't want to work that hard. Well, you don't have to. You can select the easier options. It just may be that the financial consequence may be a little bit more severe if you need it than if you did research it. Or maybe you know somebody that would research it for you. So it's fraught with emotion. Insurance is fraught with emotion, and I find that it can help me with my money vigilant money scripts if I buy the insurance, which for money vigilant can even be hard. Why am I spending this money? I'm not, I'm, I'm losing it. Well, you are losing it, uh, probably, that probability, but it can really help uh, uh, relax you, help you make better decisions if you know you've got that coverage uh, beneath you. I mean, call a doctor for $500 to come to your room. If I didn't have the medical insurance, I think I'd bundled myself up, dragged myself to the clinic and saved a bunch of money and could have really hurt myself physically, health-wise, doing that. So it really helps you make better decisions and relax those protectors, relax those parts of you that normally would really get up about losing money. So, all right. I hope this has been helpful to you. I hope this doesn't feel like it's too off topic because, you know, emotions drive around 90% of all our financial decisions. And so I think in almost every financial decision, there is an emotional component. And that's something I've really wanted to explore in this podcast and what what I hope to continue to do. So again, thank you all for the comments I get, for listening. I appreciate your, your listenership. And if there's things you come across that you'd like to challenge me, if there's an emotional component to it, if, it, if money touches it, I love 
doing podcasts on new things and exploring the emotional co- the emotional component of our financial decisions. So thanks so much and look forward uh, in talking with you next week. Take care. Thanks for joining me, Rick Kaler, for another episode of Financial Therapy. It's not just about the money. This is where I combine the nuts and bolts of financial advice with the emotions that drive making them. Remember, every financial behavior, whether it appears illogical to you or others, makes perfect sense when we understand the underlying beliefs, feelings, and thoughts. Sign up for my weekly blog at financialawakenings.com. I hope you'll join me again for our next episode.